Welcome to the Embody Your Design podcast. I am your host, Amy May, 6'3 Emotional Manifesting Generator. I am obsessed with human design and mindset tools and using them to create a life beyond my wildest dreams. My goal with this podcast is to bring you human design and share stories around how you too can begin to embody your human design. What is talked about in this podcast are the thoughts and opinions of me and my guests. I'm always welcome to feedback should you have any. Thank you for being here and let's dive in as we embody our human design one conversation at a time. guys, I am so excited for this episode. I am here with Linda. She is a, a certified coach. She knows human design. She does somatic work. And we were just talking a little bit and kind of like got onto this huge tangent, like before I even hit record on this. And so I know this podcast episode is going to be amazing. Um, Linda, do you want to introduce yourself for um, the listeners today? Sure. And thank you, Amy. And it's funny because when I'm invited to introduce, I do fine because I'm a projector in human design and they love to be invited. So with that, uh, my name is Linda Landon. My business is Ignite Your Joy. I've been doing my work for 25 plus years and it keeps evolving into something even better. Um, I'm trained as a coach. I've also done a lot of somatic training. I'm a mindfulness teacher. I work a lot with awareness and presence. And of course, human design is one of the things that I weave in. And I would say the most important piece about my work is that I am here to help people, particularly couples who are like 50s and getting older, to reignite their intimacy and connection. So I sometimes work with sexuality. I'm very happy to do that. I have a lot of experience in that arena. And I'm really, but even the bigger picture is it's all about igniting that spark that's within you and bringing it forward and out because it needs to shine. Oh, I love that so much. And the work that you're doing, especially with couples and just using human design and all this meta work, it's so important and so needed in this world because, you know, there's so many couples that like struggle, like you think in the beginning of a relationship that it's going to work and then it just kind of gets boring. And (laughs) me as a nanny, John, like boring doesn't cut it. And so um, just to be able to help people bring that spark back and just to help people have like better relationships could just make the world such a better place. So thank you for your work and, and what you do. It's so good. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So um, how does human design um, tie into like the relationship work that you do with couples? Mm, well, so when a couple comes to see me, and by the way, I work virtually and I actually was working virtually before the pandemic. So it was an easy transition for me. So, um, but that's important to say, because when you're working with couples, you're working with the energetic dynamic, the physicality, you know, of just them being together. It's a lot of different layers. So when a couple comes to see me, um, just to give you a visual, I'll have them come on. If, you know, we're usually zooming, they'll be on the zoom screen together and I'll be here. And, um, 
we'll do introductions and sort of a grounding piece to just get us all in the here and now. And then before the, the, we even meet, I have already run their charts and given them a little assignment so they can start to do some exploration about their types and strategies. And I don't know how familiar your listeners are with what that means. So let me know if I need to say more about that. Um, uh, no, um, I mean, most, a lot of people who listen are, uh, are familiar with like, you know, the different strategies and stuff, but uh, a question that I get a lot is like, how does this work in, in relationships? Okay. And um, like, I'm, I'm single, so it's not something it's like, I can tell you about like friendships and like family, but as far as romantic partnerships, that's not something I have a ton of experience in. Yeah. So I. I like to I like to pick other people's brains for that. Yes, and and what you're learning, the way you're learning to use it with friendship is so directly applicable to couples. So I have a couple who come together and inevitably the first thing they're doing is saying, well, you know, he's just not he doesn't get me. He doesn't do it. You know, they don't they they're they're complaining that the one or the other isn't hearing. Like he's not hearing me or she's not hearing me and there's all this wanting them to be different and wanting if they could just say it this way or do it this way, it would work. So one of the first things I do with a couple is talk about their communication styles. And I use human design as a map for that. And so they can get clearer about the best way to communicate with their partner so that their partner will feel heard and understood and, and, and excited and able to hear you, hear the partner. And tell me if I'm getting confused. So communication style is one of the first things we talk about. Um, and then what I'll do is I'm working with human design, we'll do a little sort of spontaneous practice on communication together so that they can really get each other's wavelength, so to speak. And then I'll do a somatic piece. And um, the somatic piece will be very PG-13, but to help them feel more physically attuned to each other. And then we'll go back into human design. So we'll weave it in and out. But another piece that can be really fun with couples is talking about what we call their electromagnetic connections. And those places in the chart where like two magnets, they get drawn together. Um, and that can be, you know, that can when I work with them and I talk about that, you see mouths drop and eyes open. And um, so that can be a lot of fun too. But it's more like, you know, when I work with people, I don't like to tell them how they are. I like to sit back and really take them in and deeply, deeply listen. And um as I'm deeply, deeply listening and they're feeling like they're being attuned to by me, they open up more. And then I come in on a more subtle level and I'll address issues and things that come up, you know, weaving human design with maybe a little practice or role play or whatever comes in the moment. Um, but I think what I'm doing is that I'm attuning, deeply attuning to them. And then they start to learn from me what that feels like so they can more deeply attune 
to each other. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. It's more, um, you know, sometimes when you're working with somebody and I can fall into this trap too, but it's like somebody's like telling you how to do something and instead of the other way where it's it's like you're more like listening and you're more observing and get like being more of like a guide to them to like help them reconnect and like you know sharing sharing some insights that you notice and observe but it's more about what it's more about like what the couple is experiencing versus just like looking and like maybe assuming something or or whatnot. Um, well, let me know if I'm if I'm explaining that correctly. Like, um, but it, th- that's like the sense that I got, like from the from your answer to that question. Which absolutely, I found it's absolutely, and there's and there's that's so important. So, when somebody comes to you, like say a partner, I'm just thinking of two clients, and let's say he comes to her and he says, "I," and you know, he's sort of complaining about something something that's not working, say for him, not even as a couple in the coupleship, but him, her tendency, because in her chart, she has um, the open emotional solar plexus. Her tendency is try to, is try to calm him down and fix him. Mm-hmm. And that's how she's wired. So what I'll teach them is that when he comes to her in distress and he's on an emotional wave, which he's has emotional definition, he has, emotional ups and downs, right? Her job is to simply listen, go, uh-huh, or I get it, or I understand, and just hear him. He doesn't need to be fixed. He doesn't need to be changed. He doesn't need to be calmed down. He just needs to be heard. And uh, that's, real, yes. that's really hard for her because her wiring which she has, and she's been conditioned. We've talked about conditioning. Her conditioning is to make him feel better so she feels better. But the truth is, if she can sit back and take in what he's saying and just breathe it through her, not take it on, just take it in, but let it move through her, he settles down. They feel more connected. He finds his own answers, and she doesn't have to do anything except just be loving and present. Yes, that, uh, like, uh, you see, you see my chart, like, I'm emotionally defined, and that has been in any relationship that I've been in, that has been the struggle, is they, like, the other person is trying to, you know, like, fix me, and, and I even say, like, I inform, because I, I'm aware of this, like, no, like, I, I'm upset, but I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to listen. I just want you to hold me. And that's it. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. Like, why is this such a problem? <laughs> like, I'm not asking you to do anything, but yeah. people don't, I mean, it, I think it's just hard without, uh, maybe without like, a, you know, professional help or for other people to really understand that it's that simple. I think sometimes we tend to want to overcomplicate things and oh yes. And and everything. So I, I'm so glad you brought brought that up because I'm like, no, that's just what I need. I just need someone to listen <laughs> to me and hold me. Like I'm not asking for anything else. And it would be so much simpler if yeah. if we could just do do that. Um and yeah, like 
it, it's so it's so interesting like how to work with other people and other people's energy and really giving ourselves permission to let it be like simple and just to worry about our own taking care of ourselves versus others. Exactly. And I mean, that's sort of a, and for those of us in the helping professions, you know, we learned as young children that in order to survive, if we were having a difficult upbringing and all of us did one way or another, we took care of our family so that there would be peace and harmony. So we, a lot of us actually, you know, it's like we learned how to heal and help as at as a young age. And then we get become older and then we go into the, the field of helpers and healers because we've learned that. But like you're saying, it doesn't always, it's not always what's needed. And something else I want to say is like you have emotional definition. So what that means is you know is that you have emotional ups and downs. That's that's the water that you swim in. Like that gives you juice and creativity and and life you know you it's important to you so if you're having you know a lot of feelings about a relationship or a friendship or something that's not going quite the way you want and you're feeling maybe some disappointment all you're needing is to be able to feel that without anybody messing around with you just letting you feel it holding you just providing space And then those of us who have emotional openness, we find it difficult to tolerate others with emotional ups and downs. It's like, it's hard for us. So we have to really learn how to stay steady or take a little break and come back and stay grounded and just allow you to go through your emotional cycle. It's no biggie. But to us with openness, it's a huge biggie. It's like, get over it already. Or it's like, haven't you, like there's, I was just talking to a client yesterday and I had to say, you never say to your daughter, we've talked about that already, get over it. You need to say to your daughter, you know, I've heard you've talked about this before. There must be something I'm missing. I'm going to really listen and see if I can get, what do you want me to know? Oh, yes. Yeah, I've definitely heard you know, from other people in the past, like, why, why are you just not over this yet? And I'm like, uh, and, and you're right, there was, uh, there was like, you know, things that the other person, I felt that the other person just didn't hear me or see me. And of course, we never came to a conclusion and that relationship ended, but, um, and, and that, and that was okay. That's what needed to happen because the other person just couldn't, uh, couldn't see things from my end and we couldn't come to we couldn't come to an agreement where it was where I felt seen and safe and where and where he felt uh, that he could be himself and honor his own boundaries and uh, and that's okay and I think uh, oftentimes you know we think that we have to make it right with a certain person and we have to like there has to be a solution, but sometimes the solution is, no, we're not right for each other. Like we need to go our separate ways. Yeah. And the only way to really arrive in that understanding is by deeply hearing, listening to and hearing the other person. Because every time we're trying to project onto them, 
what we think they should do or be or say, we're totally missing. And we're holding on to an expectation or a fantasy of who we want them to be so we can be happy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And you just bring so much uh, wisdom and insight into this. And, um, you know, the question that I get a lot with people is, you know, I, I attract like single people who are looking for looking for that special someone, which, you know, this isn't necessarily your specialty, but they always ask me like, okay, like what human design, what human design types are compatible? Like, how can mm-hmm. I be compatible with, with somebody else? And the answer I always give is that, you know, anybody can be with there's always, there's no like two types that are incompatible, at least in my opinion. I don't know if you have an opinion, but it's really about like learning how the other person works and seeing mm-hmm. like if your energy, if your energies like work together and, and it's deeper than just a type and, and everything. It's all about like, can you handle that other person's emotion, emotional waves? Can you handle you know, them have maybe having a different opinion than you, like if, you know, with maybe a couple who all both have like, you know, defined ajnas and they're oppo- and they have opposing opinions on things, like, can you come to an agreement? Um, do, like, do you have, do you ever get that question from people? And all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I love what you just said about, you know, two, two people in a partnership who both have the find ajnas with very different ideas of how to do something and can you agree to disagree and have fun with that so what i would say is that it's it's dangerous to use charts to determine compatibility because i agree with you that if you really first of all learn to deeply understand yourself and how you operate and be and a, and you cultivate the ability to really self-reference and ground and um, let go of old patterns and and behaviors that are not serving you, which of course is a lot of work in itself. Um, You can be really present with anyone and you can have a successful partnership, even if your charts like don't seem to align, um, there's always the possibility that it can work. And I think what you're saying is, as you, and I agree with this too, is you both truly drop in and get to know yourselves. You'll feel, you'll know, you'll sense whether this is a person who I, you know, really want to be with. Because I, you know, I had a pattern of like working on relationships when they were really long over, you know, they were done, but I would keep trying because I was a little soldier and you know I didn't give up but I don't know where I'm going with this except to say don't use charts to determine compatibility use charts to know yourselves and then know how to better be present for your partner and then see if it feels good yes yeah and I I've also been that one too I either run away too quick or I stay too long. I haven't found that. I haven't found that perfect balance yet, but, and, and that's okay. Everything for me is a, is a learning process. You know, I just, uh, every experience that I take, I go, okay, what lesson have I learned from this? What, 
what can I gain from this experience? And, yeah. and uh, every time that I move forward, it gets, it gets a little bit better. I learned something new. I, I take it. And um, this season of my life, at least, it's, I've been really doing the deep inner work on myself and, um, and like, yeah, I say I'm single, but I, I've been kind of, thank you, COVID making things complicated, but, you know, I've been communicating and like, uh, virtually like really connecting with, with a gentleman and, um, because of COVID stuff, like we just haven't really been able to establish like if we would know if we want to be in a relationship because we just haven't been able to spend a ton of time together in person and that's that's really important like with relationships there's only so much you can do digitally and what's really beautiful about that is that I get to do this inner work on myself and I also get I also feel like a little bit like sick kind of like secure it's like okay I have like someone that I can connect with when I'm kind of like when I want to kind of a thing like there's Mm -hmm. there's someone there but it's not like this pressure of oh my gosh I'm like gonna be 36 in a I'm gonna be 36 in a few days like (laughs) oh I'm running out of time I'm running out of time like no the time is there it's like that that like okay I can I can do this deep inner work on myself and so when thing when the stars align like I'm going to be so much better at being in a relationship with somebody because I know myself on that deep level. I love that you said that because that's what I basically tell all my clients is that's the work. Know thyself, really know thyself. And may I say, I think COVID is this pandemic for people who are dating has been a blessing because it slowed the whole process down. So you really have an opportunity to get to know someone pretty intimately without getting physical. Because when we get physical, there's a lot of other energy that starts to kick in that can kind of, I mean, it can clearly enhance, but it can also cloud like, you know, when lust is there and all that hormonal juice and um, sometimes it's hard to stay connected to oneself and I, I also post let me know if you hear any background noise because I have a contractor in the other room who's t- just did some sawing um can I say something may I share something really personal in response to what you shared which was quite personal of course so um in my 50s because I'm quite a bit older than you and very happily where I am I I didn't choose and say I'm just going to be celibate but I I was celibate for seven or eight years, but oh my gosh. I mean, I wish I'd done it when I was 35, 36. I, I, but I did it when I did it. And I really dove into the depth of who I am. Plus I use that time to really explore my own sexuality. And I tapped into levels of desire and capacity and orgasmic energy that I didn't even know was in me. I mean, it was a phenomenal period of time. And so I wasn't in a relationship, but I was in, um, I was in a couple of communities, sex positive communities, where I was doing a lot of work on my own, but I was also interacting with people and really discovering 
what's possible. And I developed so much confidence and capacity to connect sexually and sensually that when I did move into a relationship at the end of that period, it was a whole new level of connection. I mean, it was amazing. And it couldn't have happened if I hadn't taken the time to know myself. Oh, that yeah, that's that's beautiful. And you know, I've had periods where I've just chosen not to like, you know, partake in um like that physical connection. And it's it's been like really like helpful. Like again, it's like this time where you can get to know yourself and you you're depending on yourself to like satisfy your needs versus mm-hmm. um feeling this dependence on another person and when you like when you do come together with somebody it is just that much more powerful um and it is really it is really beautiful to like be able to connect with somebody on that like intimate intimate level and thank yeah thank you for for sharing that it's I think so many times it's you know, when we, when we do certain things, like, um, if we choose to be celibate, if we choose, uh, another one that comes up that I see a lot is like, um, abstaining from like alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. there's so much, there's so much judgment that comes from other people like, Oh, why, why are you partaking? Is it because like, I'm, is it because like you're judging other people for doing those things? And like, no, at least for me, like, no, it's not. It's about knowing your own. It's about like really getting to know yourself and knowing your own boundaries, at least um, for me with like alcohol, like I, I, you know, I've been choosing to not drink and I've been feeling like pressure from people um, around like drinking, like, oh, why can't you just have one glass of champagne? I'm like, well, no, because it leads to me like not um like it just it does something to me and then I just lose I lose control and mm-hmm. I don't I don't like who I am when I drink and like I don't know what's going to happen and I'd rather like I'd rather be in control of my own energy and it, be yeah. aware exactly aware that's where I was going with you it's just you're choosing awareness and consciousness to be fully present with what's happening in the moment. And alcohol can can buffer that, can can kind of numb that. And yes. I love that you're choosing that. And I was wondering around the the sexual piece, can I go a little get a little more explicit? Because I, sure. I mean I, I think I know you know this, but but it's just especially as women, and I, I can also say this for men though, and I give my clients separate assignments to do self-exploration. But one of the biggest gifts um, we can bring to an intimate sexual relationship is to really know our own bodies and to really explore our, our bodies, like explore our genitals and find out what turns us on and what doesn't and like full body, like really know ourselves so that when we come together with someone, we can, we can guide them on the best ways to give us pleasure. Because, you know, I used to come together in, in relationship and I would kind of want them to bringing, figure it out. And then I would feel disappointed. Well, hello, it's, you know, whoever said that your partner is supposed to magically know what turns you on. 
So the time I spent alone, oh my gosh. I mean, I have so many great sex toys and lubricants and just great hands. And I, I just love exploring myself, just me with me. And the key is, is when you come into relationship, you need to be in relationship with someone who is open and willing to receive um, ideas and suggestions. Because I actually got together with somebody who felt offended when I very gently asked for more of this or, you know, asked for what I want. And he felt insecure and it, he just like shut down. So like we cultivate the openness and the capacity to say, make, you know, really kind requests, which is what I really love to teach couples. And they cultivate the capacity to say, "Uh aha, and try it. And vice versa. Um, It's really communication on all levels, and especially in the bedroom is really important. And, And it doesn't take a lot of talk, just a couple of few things and a lot of appreciation and encouragement of your partner, oh my gosh, goes a long way. Because honestly, I think, you know, certainly people my age, and actually I see this in teenagers too, um, adolescents all the way through up to, you know, older folks, getting older folks have not learned how to pleasure themselves and communicate to their partners how to do it. I mean, sex education in the schools still, in my opinion, sucks. So I, I agree just, with you. I could go on for days about this, but anyway. It's, it's funny. I, you know, I, I always did good. I did well in school growing up and like went through the sex edu- education and I had I had literally no clue what sex was. Like I didn't, I didn't know until I got into erotica. Uh, yes <laughs> and I think that's a problem like it, it's a problem if somebody is going like all I remember learning in in the schools is like you're gonna get HIV even if you use a condom like it can get through you can get HIV and then you're gonna die and the, I mean this was in the um like late 90s early 2000s oh when, when I was going and like that's what I remember not like the uh, hey, here, here's how like people actually come together and here's how this works. Maybe they taught that, but that's not like, that's not what I remember. I just remember like, like, and it, and it was, it was at like abstinence first and then like safe, safe sex second, which, you know, it's uh, uh, like, that's a problem. And I grew up in a, um, in a conservative Christian household mm-hmm. and um and when I was younger and uh, like I it was like no you can't date like you know, oh my gosh like I um when I was in middle school I like you know went in the online chat rooms and was like chatting with dudes which was probably very unsafe um but at the same time it was just like shut down like no you can't do that no you can't do that and I um, I didn't really have the space to explore any of that. And I'm, yeah. I'm doing it now. I'm figuring it out at like 35 years old, uh, just because I didn't have the space to do that when I was younger. Um, wow. 
and everything. And so it's it's never too late. <laughs> it's said, never like, too late. Never too late. And um, and I just I, I want to say like one more piece just because this is my experience. Like I'm I'm a plus size girl. I'm and I'm not very flexible. And so there's like physical limitations. Like, you know, when you're talking about, oh, like you can get to know your body and everything, like sometimes there's like physical limitations to it. And um, I've been able, like when you're confident in yourself, you can like, a- you can ask and explore like with your partner. Like you mentioned Absolutely. like people, you know, don't, um, it's, it's not that, it's not about expecting your partner to like figure it out then leaving yourself disappointed. It's like asking that question, like, hey, you know, or even like guiding them, even if words are hard, like guiding them, like, hey, can you like touch me here? Can you like do this? Can you do this harder? Can you do this lighter? Can you, Mm -hmm. and, and that's been like where I've been at uh, lately is it's, it's even more, it brings more intimacy and it brings more vulnerability when you can be like, you know what? I can't do this on my own. Can you help me? And it's so- beautiful I'm like getting I'm getting like all teary-eyed like sorry if you could probably feel my emotions like coming through a little bit but it's 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 really beautiful to be able to open yourself up to that kind of intimacy and um and getting to know yourself on that Mm. on that um deep level like it's not just through human design but it's also like human design can give you the avenue to really get to know yourself and express yourself in all sorts of ways. Yeah, and human design can also guide you in the best way to ask the question of the person you're with, you know, in, in the language that most goes in, enters into their system energetically. And what I also want to say is that when you're with someone who, who wants to be present with you, they're so relieved when you show them what you want because then they don't have to feel responsible for like figuring that out. It's such a gift. Yes. I, I personally love it because it's, I, like I, as like a generator type, like, you know, things for me to respond to is like, great. So I, I love it when uh, sometimes when people tell me, what to do or like give me some sort of task like okay like I can do that like let's do it kind of a thing and um I personally love it and it's there there's so much that I mean we could go on forever about all this but um (laughs) it's like human design has opened up like so much for me like really knowing the system is I get to play around with how I communicate, mm-hmm. like not only the right words that I get to say, but um, sometimes I play around with like, cause I don't know everyone's type, like when I interact with them, but I can play around with be like, okay, how does this person respond to invitations? <laughs> how right. does this like, how does this person um, like, let me observe like how they are to see you know, um, if I ask them an open-ended question and they give me that like glass eyed look, like, okay, they're probably a generator type and need that yes, no mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, 
I, I digressed a bit, but no, <laughs> this is not a digression. This is really important. Yes, it is. Um, and I, I'm sharing it because the, the person that I've been seeing is like, it's so funny. He's like anti-human design, anti all of this stuff. So I have to work with, I have to work and figure out his energy in, in order without knowing anything about his type and trying to figure that out. And one mm -hmm. day, I'm trusting and surrendering that one day I will be able to learn this human design type and chart to see if what I what I have observed is like correct, which it's a game to me. <laughs> and may I reflect something back to you? Yeah. Based on what I'm seeing in your chart, because for those of you listening, I actually have Amy's chart in front of me. Um, one of the things I'm seeing is that you have a, a channel called the 5720, which means you're incredibly intuitive. So what you intuit and sense is probably, you know, you can trust that. And another thing I see that really almost brings me to tears is that there's planetary signs in human design and they designate sort of different things. And in your, what we call your Jupiter, which is the gifts you bring to the world is gate 19, which is about your deeply sensitive, nuanced, um, just deep, deep sensitivity. And, yes. Right? Yeah. So when I say that, is there some resonance for you? It's, yes, like, like 100%, because, you know, when I first looked at my human design, like, I say this all the time. I have eight out of nine centers to find. And usually that means like, you know, very much like in, in my own energy and like, ugh. but I do experience like this sensitivity also, or like, and, and like this intuition and stuff. So it's almost like, like, yes, I am very, I'm very much like in my own energy. And so when I'm in my zone it's like very much my own but also there's this like really I have this huge heart yes you do um that I feel this huge heart for other people and I care a lot and I feel a lot and so it is like this yes I'm me I'm in my power and all this stuff but I I really care about a, yeah. the world and everyone around me yes and you see it's a beautiful balance because your charge is quite unusual and that you have definition in all your centers but one which can make you know as you were saying make you very like big energy but you have yeah you have this deeply exquisite sensitivity to yourself to others that kind of like smooths that out and gives it nuance and and more I'm, I'm making this shape with my hands like more space to be it's really beautiful that it's that it's so strong in your chart, um, the sensitivity. And I'm I'm wondering when you were young, you know, if 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 sometimes you know we talked about this before the recording that people didn't quite get you, if that really deeply hurt your heart. Oh, it did. Yeah. So oh, you, it did. Yes. So you can be very sensitive to others' criticism or missing you. And you're also deeply sensitive to giving to others that presence and that awareness and understanding that they long for. Does that feel right? Yeah, that that resonates for sure. And, you know, I always felt, 
always felt like misunderstood. Like I, um, I've shared like I've always like I was always told I was too much and like too everything, and it 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 really you know it really hurt. Yeah. It um you know when when I would uh when I would lose friendships or like people moved on and um like the all the awkwardness of like growing up and and everything and um there was just so much and I I definitely like felt that on on a deep level like this like I always wanted to like please other people you know and I've I've moved from that um and really come into well these are my boundaries and you can come with me or goodbye like I have to honor myself kind of energy but um, I've definitely um, really like felt that before yes and when I look at your chart you know I see that you know you're emotionally defined you have emo- you have emotions you have emotional cycles and waves and what I see is friendship and connection means everything to you and when those friendships or connections get messed with I'm wondering if that's when you go into your deepest ups, ups and highs and lows is when a relationship is, is upset or severed or messed with. Yes. Yeah. De- so definitely. yeah, it's very emotional for you. You, they matter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My, my friendships matter and I'm really, I'm really grateful um, for for this point in my life that uh, a majority of my friendships and like my family, they've been with me for the long term. And so I haven't really, the like heartbreak that I've experienced more has been definitely with like romantic partnerships because it's like, um, they either go they're either like really quick and I've given my heart like so much like really quickly mm-hmm. and then it and the, or um or they are I've stayed too long because I just don't want to experience that heartbreak but I was just really avoiding the inevitable inevitable yeah and 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 what and just reflect that back to you what I'm seeing in your Neptune is love of self that gate 10 so yeah. your life's blessings that you learn and give back is love, love of self and teaching and guiding others to love themselves. So you're becoming, you know, such a master of that and a generator likes to master, though manifesting generators master many things, but the mastery of self-love, would you say that's a theme in your life? Oh, yes. Like yeah. 100% when I, um, when I first started showing up in the online space, it was um, from a place of like the self-love and the like really like learning to love your, but like for me, like loving yourself meant loving your body and really embracing your body. Um, which I know that's like technically not necessarily like the gate 10 theme, but it, for me, that's what it meant. And absolutely. Um, and that's how that's how I started and it comes across in all the coaching and all of the teaching that I do um it it does come back to this loving and embracing yourself um but it it just has shown up in 
different in different ways because self-love like it, it impacts everything in your life yeah it does it, it is everything and it impacts your ability to be loved as well as love others exactly exactly oh my gosh this has been <laughs> this has been so good oh my gosh this is the, like your the wisdom the wisdom that you share is so incredible like you have given me so so much and um, I want to thank you. Uh, one question that I always ask people, like as uh, as I wrap up these interviews, as for people who are uh, like newer to human design and uh, want to learn more, do you have any advice uh, as far as like really beginning this exploration of? who you are, how your energy works, like through human design, like, do you have any like advice on yes. people? Yeah. That's a great question. So, and so the first thing would be to get your chart done and you can do that online yourself. You can go to something called genetic, G-E-N-E-T-I-C matrix.com. You can also reach out to me. I run charts for free. And I also send a copy of my little ebook, which gives you the basics of working, you know, beginning to understand what it all means. Because as you know, when you first look at it, it's like, oh my God, like what? Um, so you start with your chart and you can use that book. You can also use the book that I was published in that Christy Sullivan put together, which is fantastic, which is Stop Overworking, Start Overflowing. And that's available on Amazon. Um, and you can do that and you can reach out to me and I'll send you the book and my book and a chart. And then after you've digested that for a while and sat with it and done some, you know, done as much research as you, as you can, then you want to reach out to someone and do a session with them. So someone who can put it all together for you and so that would be the next step. I don't know how far you want me to go with that, but there's a number of steps, but I'd say step first step is run your chart, get your chart run and get some information. And I would recommend those two books. I love that. Yeah. And uh, something that I, I've tried to like warn people about who come to me like, oh, I want a reading and everything. And uh, after, you know, doing several and like working with several people, it's like, uh, having that time to like sit with the information in your chart, like either through a book or um, or through whatever, like books, like it, listening to YouTube videos or something like, and then taking time to observe it, like come up like, with the questions, come up with where yes. there's like a disconnect from what from like what what your chart says versus what you're experiencing yeah and then come and then come to a professional exactly um, because yeah. that is where you're gonna get like the most because like when I've done readings it's like I'm I'm just like spitting information out at people and and like I know that they haven't like taken the full advantage of like no this is like how do you work with this how do you use this like I know that's what the next question is going to be 
because that was my journey and I see this with so many people and it's not until you know people work with me in like a one-on-one container where we have like this space to like really like explore and go deep you know with each and every part um, of the chart and like bringing all of these pieces together like that's where a lot of the transformational work happens and um and I love like you do it too and uh and but in you know in a different way like everyone does it so differently so um that's why I love having like people people like you and other human design um other human design like people who do this for their business. I don't know what to call everybody. Everybody has a different name because not everyone is meant to work with me and not everyone is meant to work with you, but we're both yeah. like so powerful in, yeah. in the work that we do in transforming people's lives. So thank you. Um, and that leads thank me to you. like the final question, <laughs> sorry, um, is like, how can people get in touch with you if they are like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I love like what Linda said and like, oh my gosh, she can help me so much. How can people get in touch with you? So you can go to my website, which is ignite, I-G-N-I-T-E, your, Y-O-U-R, joy, J-O-Y dot U-S. You can also go email me, Linda at igniteyourjoy.us. And you can call me 310-463-9. Three eight nine. Um, I also have a Facebook, but I don't know the you know what I don't know what the whole hoochie is for that. But I have a Facebook page. But I'd say you know check out my website. There's a place where you can click to receive your free chart and the book, and then sh- shoot me an email. And I offer people like a 15 minute chat before we even before they even commit to any kind of human design session because I you know like you said you need to feel into someone and see if they're the right person to do this with. Cause it's really important. You pick someone who's a good fit for you. Yes, I agree. Like, uh, thank, thank you so much. This has been so good. <laughs> it's been fantastic. It's really a pleasure to meet you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Want to dive even deeper? I invite you to get your human design manifestation blueprint. In this blueprint, you will receive a personalized breakdown of your human design chart and how to use it to manifest your dream life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As a special thank you, you can send your screenshot of the review to theamymay at gmail.com and my team will send you a little gift. All the details are in the show notes. I invite you to tag me on Instagram at embodyyourdesignxo with your favorite part of this episode. Thank you again for listening and see you in the next episode.